0: There may be some swearing, adult stories and general rudeness hidden within the depths of this podcast. If this is something that you can't deal with, please turn off your device now. Well a warm welcome back one and all to the Beyond Canal Park podcast. Thank you all for coming back and for all the listens over the past couple of weeks. Great to see episodes old and new take another massive jump forward. It really astounds me that so many people are tuning in. Please keep the messages coming on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram as well. Love receiving them all, as well as the guest suggestions and uh, questions about or for the show. Just search for us, Beyond Canal Park Podcast, on your social media channel of choice and we'll pop up there. There are always uh, posts and info about upcoming guests, events, competitions, so Keep up to date there Keep your eyes peeled If you like what you're hearing um, Please leave us a review there as well Or at your podcast provider Again, this really helps And uh, puts a smile on my face If nothing else Now, the new series Keeps churning out classics And today is of no exception Former Huntley Invaliruri Locos And Bucky Thistleman Andy Lowe Joins me on the podcast this week To chat through his successful career In the Highland League Talks to me about growing up, torn between scoring and saving goals, developing on and off the field at Huntley, fighting his groove at the Locos before scoring plenty silverware at Buggy Thistle. He also chats about his coaching and managerial experience, ambitions for the future, and names the best eleven he played against, but never with. And here's what he had to say. I'm joined on the Beyond Canal Park podcast this week by a man who will need no introduction to both Bucky Thistle and Inverurie local fans alike. An important cog in title winning seasons for the Jags as both a player and part of the coaching staff. A UEFA licensed coach, he went on to manage Inverurie Locos. He has plenty of stories to tell us about his time in the game, so a very warm welcome to Andy Lowe. Andy, how are you doing this evening?
1: Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks James, Uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, well done with your podcast as well, your podcast has been good and kept me entertained, so uh, well done with that as well.
0: Ah great, and uh, you ready to delve back uh, to the Football Career archives and and pick out your favourite moments and tell us about them?
1: I'll try and I'll try and uh, as much as I can um, and try and keep it in the order as, as it happened. But um, yeah, we can, we can go with that. And sure, I've got a couple of stories along the way.
0: Magic. Well, I, I was like my um, guests to take me right the way back to, to when the love of football began for them, and who were the early influences and things on you.
1: Well, of footballs, it, it can go back as as long as I can remember. I seem to remember just playing for. Middlefield Boys Club, probably maybe seven years old onwards. Um, it could have even been them being younger than that, and that was just through. Um, my dad actually was involved in Middlefield with the coaching as well. I think that's probably just in line with me actually starting with that club, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of just it kind of just went through went from there just through all the age groups at Middlefield. But we're quite a quite a successful club back then. Middlefield it was always one of your one of your better clubs. Uh, um, a few years back so I kind of ran, ran with that from the age of 16 uh, age of six right through to it was 16 years old mm-hmm. um a few successes along the way especially in the in the latter years it, it must have been the when I was in between the ages and 14 and 16 I had a really successful side then I won the scotch cup uh, which is always your, your really difficult one to win mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so that was that was a, a, an early success for for myself when I was when I was younger.
0: Uh, you, you playing with, with guys you still keep in touch with? Did a few of those guys go on to play football like yourself?
1: Yeah, it was it, it was actually quite a lot of them went on to play in the Highland League. I don't want to miss anybody out, but <laughs> I'd um, with Clark Bain with Andy Reid mm-hmm. um, who's obviously the Locos goalkeeper just now uh, Ali Youngson he used to play for Peterhead and um, for Locos as well Ali's now the Dice manager mm-hmm. um, Ali went on to, he went down to Chelsea after that and then no. Dundee so uh, it was a really really successful period Murray McCulloch was another one I think Murray mm-hmm. played with a few clubs in Highland League, but probably more notably at Cove, had a successful period at Cove. Um, so it, it was full of guys that actually went on and progressed quite well into some sort of semi-professional career. And um, Yeah, we were all quite successful. It, it was a, It's a team that kind of carried on and not a lot of names vanished.
0: Aye, yep. And uh, if it be on the coaching side of things, far with the, the early influences there?
1: It would probably be my old man. Mm-hmm. Um, my old man was um, my old man was kind of hands on. He always had a a love for football. My dad was a my dad was a farmer, so he never really got much opportunity in his in his own life to to progress with his football. But I could always tell when he was uh, when I used to go and play football with him and his friends that he was a good footballer. Oh. Um, so he had an influence on me in the early years um, along with another coach I remember my dad took him on board and I actually heard uh, Darren Nichol speak about him last week on your po- podcast oh, yeah. was uh, George Middleton mm-hmm. um, George Middleton his son also played for our team his name was Stephen Middleton and, okay. and George came on and, and kind of helped my dad and I remember I remember just thinking George was really knowledgeable um, a lot of the times it may be that age group it's just a dad or something that's mm-hmm. helping out uh, but George always felt just brought that little but something different. At Aye. the time, he was kind of rather than just watching the games and maybe just giving a, a little bit of advice, and he was kind of trying to break it down for you, um, along with the guy that I mentioned, Ali in His old man used to, to help my dad out as well. So they were the, they were the guys in the early years that had, a, that had a big influence in my career. Um, And I used to play from a... My school team, Bankhead Academy, as well. And our manager at the time was Ray Stephen. Oh, hi.
2: Hey. Um,
0: hey, yeah, so <laughs> that Ray Stephen. Yes.
1: That was another one. Yeah, Ray was that. Ray was that. I I never seen Ray play, to be honest with you, but I obviously heard stories along the way. And he actually he used to own a shop on Bankhead Road, so I think that's how he ended up getting involved okay, in aye. Bankhead Academy football. He, he, played, it France, he? A, he played it in France, didn't
0: he? What's that sort He played it in France, didn't he?
1: He did, yeah. Right. It, it always came up at the time, as I say. I never knew who, I never knew much about Ray's mm. career until I actually started doing some digging. But I remember <laughs> at the time, his contact was Arsene Wenger, because I think that was his manager out in um, Aye, okay, out, out in France. Uh, so it was always at a time that you were thinking, if you do well for for Bankhead Academy, you never know he knows Arsene Wenger. So <laughs> that was a that was an incentive at that time.
0: Cool. So uh, you mentioned uh, Arsenal uh, there, but uh, what, what team did you grow up supporting? And who, who were your idols? You, you watched growing up?
1: Uh, Man United. Um, I've always, I've always followed Aberdeen, um, but my my passion's always been Man United uh, mm-hmm. from from when I can remember. It, it probably did follow over with the. I'd like to. Th- Say that it fell over with Alex Ferguson thing, but I think <laughs> if I'm probably telling the truth, man you were the most successful. Oh, team I, think, at I time. think we're
0: a bit similar yeah. age. I think, and uh, I, I grew up Man United fan, and it was it was just that that golden period, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. So I, I, I'm probably being honesty and saying that I've probably just jumped on board that <laughs> when I was younger, but I've, I've stuck through it through some the last couple of years anyway, since half right. time. So. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's who I followed, and it, it tends to be the only one that I follow, really.
0: And who far were you trying to be when you were young? Who were you trying to idolise?
1: Um, I used to always like Mark Hughes. Yeah. I liked Mark Hughes. I liked Cantona when he came on board, and then I think most guys, when they, were, um, kind of when they came, came on the scene, I think um, everybody tried. Kicks and maybe a few of his haircuts so I would need to drop his name in as well
0: <laughs> Amari right, you said to me that you you spent a wee bit of time at Dundee when you were younger
1: I did I went from my when I was at middle field um, I actually swayed between a goalkeeper and an outfield player Aye. Um, at times I think Andy Reid went on to Nottingham Forest maybe mm. about I'm same ages now, maybe about 14, 15 years old, yeah. um, and at that time, I was always quite a confident goalie, and um, mm-hmm. always quite fancy myself in the goals. So I actually played a good few seasons, even when I was younger. I played Aye. a good few seasons as a as a goalkeeper. Okay. Um. So it, it came about that one of our goalkeepers was injured one weekend. I actually had been playing playing most of the season um, in goals. But one of our goalkeepers was, um, so he played in goals one weekend, and I, I ended up playing outfield. And I scored four goals down at a game down at Alton's when oh. they were down watching um, Ali Youngson. Um, and I ended up going through Dundee through that. Okay, um, right. And it kind of just progressed from there. I, only, I had about a six-month period that at Dundee, just going down on Sunday and playing for them, and training once a week during the week. But uh, deep down, I always knew that probably that consistency of um, not playing outfield, I was probably a little bit short. Mm. Um, although I felt, although I felt that technically, I I was okay. I just, I don't know. I just felt. Um, game management wise and all that, there was guys that were just a little bit more clever than me. Oh, okay. uh, so that's what I think it probably fell short there. Uh,
0: great great experience though for a for future career in Iron League though.
1: It was really good. It mm-hmm. was it was great. There was obviously everybody ideally would have wanted it in Aberdeen, but when they done, the Dundee opportunity came up, it was obviously a really good setup down there. Um, and the reason a lot of us left at the time was, uh, there was an Italian manager came in, was it Benetti? Oh, Benetti, uh, Yeah, You remember the guy, mm-hmm. Benetti? Uh-huh. Aye, uh, yeah, because Dundee had Ravanelli and stuff at the
0: That's time. That's right, uh, Caballero um, and in
1: Can- Canidia. Canidia,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So they were all down there at the time. But, um, so he came in and they just cleaned the youth development out and just started from scratch.
2: And ah, okay.
1: I was obviously one of them to, to not get the phone call <laughs> back and you just stopped going down on Sunday. So that was the kind of end of that.
0: Oh, aye So you, you, your first the uh, League club Was was Huntley If I if I uh, read the notes Right there So how did the Signing for them Come about How, how old were you
1: um, I would have went To Huntley When I was 17 hmm. In terms of the First team um, Huntley When I was at Middlefield Middlefield and West Hill Were always your two Most competitive teams We were hmm. always the two That were going For the league And the manager At the time Of the uh, West Hill team Was Doug Will Okay. Um who's the brother of Kevin, Kevin Will, who's a no, manager mm. at Huntley. Uh, so Doug used to do the under twenties at Huntley along with the West Hill manager and um it kinda just fell into place with that after the Dundee thing fell through. A lot of us players ended up going up to Huntley and playing initially for the twenties, but I kinda I played a couple of games for the twenties and then I just got moved straight into the straight okay. into the first team setup at at seventeen.
0: Great. And uh was that fair to say it would be a bit of transition period for the club would it be then was that kind of between their, their title wins
1: it was yeah it was um, Kev would have taken over from he was it was Kev and Willie Lawson initially mm-hmm. and then it was Kev and then his brother ended up I think Willie stepped down and Doug ended up going into assistant manager's role and it was a transition period a lot of good players still there though, at the time Aye, still, had, still had yeah, Eddie Copeland, Martin Stewart, uh, Ross Bremner, what a lot of top top high League players. But then it was you could tell that it was it, it just kind of it was needing it was needing picked up again, and mm. they just hit the reset button really. So uh, we're going through a period of trying to freshen things up a little bit.
0: Still, for for you as a, a young player coming through seventeen eighteen, it must have been great to learn learn from boys like Eddie and, and Martin in particular. If i had been there and done it all
1: it was it it was brilliant and I, I can't speak highly enough of, of that guys as well it seems like years and years ago now <laughs> but I remember at the time as a as a youngster just um just how good these guys were in terms of in terms of how they prepared for matches in terms of how they how they the youngsters as well coming through you look back on it now and Eddie and, and Martin and, and Ross Bremner in particular I would say the three of them and Darren Nicol as well who mm-hmm. you had in the podcast last week these guys were a different class with me when I was coming through as a, a youngster and certainly <laughs> certainly both on and off the park were, were uh-huh. with <laughs>
2: there
0: was still a good social scene around the club at the time even though the, the glory days had maybe passed
1: it was it was, it was very good I, I remember that's probably my first experience. Uh, I got we we're, uh, <laughs> were on a Wick trip away from home, and of course, uh, on the Wick journey and the way back, it's absolute pitch black when you're driving back from Wick, and those windy roads in the way back. I remember as a seventeen-year-old having a few drinks in the back of the bus, but Daz was on the microphone at the front of the bus with trying to tell the driver how to take the corners, and (laughs) he was speaking like he was speaking to a Formula One driver, but at the time, he just had me in knots, and I I couldn't believe what I was hearing. (laughs) um, Sounds like he had up, you knots uh, most of the time. Honestly, he was was different class. He also... um, (laughs) I hope he doesn't mind me telling this one. I remember we stopped, at a, we stopped at a lay-by at one point. There was a toilet stop, and you know that little yellow cubes that you can put in a...
0: Uh, the urinal cakes.
1: ...that uh, they put in the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, ended up making a bag of sweeties with him. Oh. Um, so he came back onto the bus and was offering these as sweeties, but I can't remember if it made in somebody's mouth, but it was certainly close. It got to the point that he was trying to serve them up as sweets, so... That was, a, that was an early experience of mine as well.
0: <laughs> uh, I think um, I, I came across some random uh, old match reports and it, it described you as a super super sub early on in your career. Were you, were you often coming on after the bench to score a couple of goals? I
1: was, yeah. There was a few strikers at the time with Martin. Uh, Martin Stewart was generally your striker. There was a guy, Wayne Adeket. There was... Um, Ah, uh, guy Green. He's a local lad up there. Oh, aye, Ryan. Um, up at Huntley as well. Yes. Mm. Yeah, he he was doing well. And He was kind of coming through at the time. So, yeah, I was. Over the times, I did start. I would have started my majority, but I did. I think at the time I came on and scored quite a lot of
2: mm.
1: important goals, maybe late on in the game. So I kind of got that tag from there. But I also played a couple of games and goals for Huntley
0: So what so I say, you came is, on as super sub keeper one time I read against the Broch.
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah, Braden's was partial to the red card, <laughs> um, so I remember the first time I think they were able to put in the, the biggest guy in the could to replace him and I, I was sitting on the bench and I just turned to, to Doug well and Kevin Will and I just said, I'll do it, Aye. Um, I was confident, the both knew that I'd, I'd played at a younger a younger level, and I was a decent goalie back then. So ever since then, it was always a it was always an option for Aye. for managers. Did
0: I need a sub keeper? No, uh,
1: well, um, I had a, I had a couple of clean sheets as well, so I was quite happy with that.
0: Well, I, I read that you won that game against the Brock with ten men, and uh, you we, produced some acrobatics for Chris Hunter. We
1: actually was it Hunter? Was it? No, i, I makes it even better. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were we were one nil down, I see to remember, we were one mm-hmm. nil down against friends when I came on and we won the game 2-1, so
2: Aye.
1: I keep reminding, I'll remind Brems about that one uh, every <laughs> time I see him.
0: Quality. So was it uh, first team football you were, you were kind of a regular start, so you were craving when you moved to locals, or, or how did that come about? The locals one came about, um, so there was Kevwell and then there
1: was a short period where I got guy Fraser Kelly came over from Lossie mm-hmm. and then it went on to after I think Fraser maybe was only there for six months maybe, maybe nine months and then it was Billy Anderson that came mm. in after that right. with Mike Cormack um, right. Billy was Billy just came in and took in about 20 different players with right. him he just wanted to change things at they completely mm. and I remember at the time um, I didn't really feel I got an opportunity from Billy okay. Um and he early doors made a call that he just wanted to change it he wanted to free up some, some money and he knew that locals were, were interested in this so the club decided to sell me. and I, I can't have any complaints and I certainly don't hold anything against Billy because they won the league title the year Fuck after yeah. so, <laughs> you <look at> it. <laughs> so you look at it and uh, he probably made the right choice but that's how that move came about to, mm. to in Veruri with uh, with John Gardner
0: uh, former Huntley manager himself obviously
1: it was yeah the the Inverurie one came about. I I didn't know anybody Inverurie. Um, it was completely it was completely new to me. Um, and it was an offer that came in, and once I went and spoke to the club, and I seen that it was a a group of guys that were ambitious, that it just came through the juniors on uh, very similar age group to me. There was a there was a core of maybe about ten guys that very similar ages to me, so. It, it seemed like the right move for me at the time and, and kind of it, everything everything fell into place there I really enjoyed it I had a, had a great couple of years at, at, um, in Brewery under John Garner who I thought was a really good manager and a great guy away from football as well so uh, yeah I had, had a great time there
0: Hi, yeah. and there was, this is, you mentioned there was there some quality players and characters did uh, Mr. Nickel follow you there
1: as well? He does, <laughs> does, does need his way Does also got dub duck
0: so um, Every time he left Daz the club, he said it. they won a title.
1: Oh well, that would be right because hardly went on to win it. So does, does came with us. Tommy Wilson came with us.
0: Hi, quality player. Um,
1: different class, Tom. Um, yeah, really good, great guy. Somebody I still keep in contact with mm. now. But he was also one that was really good with the youngsters as well. He, would, he would do it quite. He was quite hard on you. Tam when he was in, on the pitch Just because he, of his own high standards mm-hmm. But he always meant well And the one thing about Ta- Tam That I always remember When you got off the pitch He was he was brilliant with you It was as if It was as if kind of, You had a little argument with him on the park Right away uh, It was just knocked on oh the God. head And he was different class with you So that's something that's always stuck with me uh,
0: I always um, think that's why it should be Yeah, It's left on a yeah, pitch definitely <laughs>
1: Definitely. Um I'm somebody I would like to think that I do that myself. If you have a little set too with somebody on the park, as soon as you got off it, that's it finished. Aye. Um that's it finished and it's it, you just get on you just get on with it. Um so other guys at the time most notably was probably Stuart Mackay, Kenny Cool, mm. were the two that I was kinda playing with up front at the time, along with Craig Ross was the other one. Oh, um mm-hmm. So yeah, we had a good side then. We won the uh, we won the we sh- the shield in that first season. Um, does never does never mentioned that in his podcast. And I noticed, but um, yeah, he was part of that as well.
0: Brilliant, aye. So that must have been some uh, achievement for the club in their their first kind of first spell in the Highland league to to pick up that.
1: Yeah, it was it was great because you could tell the locals were developing. They came mm-hmm. in they came in from the juniors' ranks and it's not as if they they were finishing bottom early doors like right away they established themselves as a top eight side uh, that had ambitions to, to keep on going and mm-hmm. we went in there and it must have been the local second year that's when I came and we won the we beat Devonville 4-1 up at Devonville in the cup final I think it was a toss of to a coin if it got played at locals or if okay, it got yeah. played at Devonville. and we beat Devonville 4-1 up there in a cup final and that was my first trophy uh, as a player in the Highland League and oh. I, it was a it was a good one only the only problem was it was a midweeker, so we no. couldn't celebrate it
0: properly <laughs> luckily there was a few We're more trophies to it. come
1: <laughs> <laughs> we we'll still give out a good bar still we did magic it was
0: good with the crack in the night too, with the local lads uh, as good as, as the Huntley ones as a youngster
1: really good, good. I did with I just said with I core up I, Probably about six guys that would just go out every single weekend. And, Magic. Yeah, uh, you you used to have a, you used to get a grey suit from locals. It was you used to wear suits back in the day, so uh-huh. you didn't need to take a change of gear either. So <laughs> it was pretty much you were out, you were out every night, every every Saturday um, after it, and it often um, stalled over to the Sunday at the Inverurie Golf Club with uh-huh. with a few of them. So um, that's where. Well, I stay in Embu now, so mm-hmm. I obviously enjoyed
0: it. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I, I mean, I've, I've obviously being based in Banff. I've interviewed a lot of the, the guys that, that won the league, with the Vale, and they said that a, a vital part in, in the team building was the night suit and the Sunday clubs that they had.
1: I think it's, I think it's really important. Mm. I, I thought as a manager, I'm sure we'll speak later on, but I think it's, I think it's so important, I think if you. If you were to go and dig into the most successful sides,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is the guys were the best changing teams as well. Um, I, I'm sure we'll speak about my team with yeah. with Bucky, but you look at Cove and I think of the Keith team as well. And I used to always think, why, like, why is everybody going to Keith? Um, but and they were never leaving, and I know that the Bucky would have been interested, and Locos would have been interested in a few of their mm-hmm. few of their players. But guys were never leaving, and it is—it's all to do with building this changing the atmosphere. And once you've got that, it's hard to—it's hard to get guys away.
0: Aye, ah, oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but uh, you didn't end up leaving uh, Locos. Bucky came calling. It was Murray Duncan Shearer signed you. That must have been quite a quite a thrill.
1: Yeah, I left the Locos. I wasn't looking to leave Locos at the time. Um, I was kind of, me, Kenny and Stuart McKay it was between the three of us who was playing. John would use the player 4-4-2, so one of us would drop out generally. But um, I was playing, I was, just came back from a an injury and I played on a Monday night game against Bucky. and, and Sheila was there. Sheila was Aberdeen based, so he came, and, he came and watched that game that night and I think I got a couple against um that Bucky team and, and then Duncan I think phoned um Locos the next day and just put in a bid for us and <laughs> as I say I wasn't I wasn't looking to leave locals at all but once I'd heard of that I was probably attracted to going playing under Duncan more than the actual move itself initially.
2: Aye.
1: Um but it offset in the long term it turned out really well for me um, because of 'cause my attachment now with Bucky but yeah. um, that's how it all came about was probably the attraction of going working with Duncan Shearer.
0: Aye. I'll say it worked too better for you than it did for Duncan Shearer probably, but uh, <laughs> his experience must have been been really valuable as a striker to, to pass on to you.
1: Duncan was Duncan was brilliant, Aye. really good, really good with the really good with the players, uh, particularly the strikers, mm. like he would take you aside and speak to you. He was a, he, he was a really good Man manager. Oh, okay. like in terms, of he, would, he was an easy guy to to get on with. I think the if you're the only thing with Duncan, I don't know if he would admit this well, is, is at the time I thought we were with a lot of good, a lot of really good players that that could have potentially went on and won the Highland League, but were maybe a little bit too relaxed in terms okay. of training and what was required. Training wise oh, yeah. uh, we mm-hmm. used to train as an Aberdeen group of, of guys, and it was an hour session on a on a Monday night and it, it was almost just a ticking over and then on the Wednesday you would all get together with the Inverness guys and then that would, it would effectively only be one training session a week.
2: Right, okay.
1: um, so I think when you pulled that over the course of a season, I th- think that's possibly where we fell short. Uh, the intensity of uh, what we were doing maybe wasn't enough to, to go and compete with the guys like Greg's Devon Bill, sides who were, yeah, were well, you, know how, you right. know how Greg works. Yeah. So and uh-huh. um, that's where I always thought it fell short.
0: Okay, he's won the the Aberdeenshire Cup and Shield um, there doctor though, didn't you? The bit of success yeah, in the
1: cup. Um, seem to remember, I think it was maybe one 0 up at it was a cup final up at Huntley. Mm. Um I think Lewis McKinnon scored the winner um, up there, and yeah, we were a we were a good side, and I, I feel on our day, on our day, we could have beaten anybody. But I think when you look back at Duncan's period, and as I've said, I think when you look back at the period, whether fitness and togetherness maybe wasn't quite to the levels that the other teams oh. were, just purely because of how the the layout of how Bucky done things.
0: In Nay went in the league, I guess, when a lot of people thought you should have probably cost Duncan his job in the end, did it?
1: Yeah, I think it did. Um, I think I think when Duncan was taken in, I think the. The ambition and the intention was to go and win the, the Highland League title. And, and we were the favourites at the time because uh, I think Duncan attracted a lot of the top players, particularly at the north end, Dave mm-hmm. McRace, uh, Craig McMillan's, etc. So once he took these guys in, there was a pressure that came with that, that right. the Highland League title should follow. Um, and we were close, we were always there about, yeah. but um, yeah, we, were, we were up against a very... Very difficult Keith and very difficult there in side at the time,
0: oh, there right. was always Cove cool going about as well. Yeah, yeah. So, who in that Bucky squad really impressed you when you when you first went there? There was a smart on a local boys as well still there, weren't there?
1: and uh, there was, yeah, there was. Jamie Shewan, um Jamie Shewan, Stephen Bruce. I'm trying to remember if Mara came back in, in Duncan's. Uh, period, but Mara was there and thereabouts, and there was uh, Zico and Neil Davidson as well. So mm-hmm. that was your that was your local guys. Uh, but the one that jumps out of me that was Dave McRae. Oh. Uh, Davy, he sang Dave uh, from Nairn and and Tony Moe and Frane, They all came from Nairn, but Davey was just different class. Mm-hmm. Um, he he should have been playing higher than than Highland League. It, it was kind of a case of if, if Davy played well, then and Bucky would play well. Aye. Um he was he was that good. Yeah, uh, he had the ability just to dictate games yeah, in the middle he, of the park. So aye. he's um, had a few picks in, yeah. in
0: folks best elevens that have played with him, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, really good. Somebody I enjoyed playing with as well. Somebody I I was on the same wavelength where he was kinda of my type of player, the guys I like to play with. Um and he was he was quite a quiet guy away from football as well, Davies. So mm-hmm. no, he was a he was a top top Ireland League player. So um yeah, he was the one that sticks out for me back in the Shida days. Cool.
0: and a, it strikes me as a quite a well-run club behind the scenes and that as well, and the, and the fans as well are, are uh, give a lot of back into the, the players.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a brilliant club. I've obviously been back to Bucky. Mm-hmm. I left and I've I've been back, but the attachment that I've always had with the with the fans probably comes from how much it much it means to them I think I've said this a few times and when Andy's asking me about Bucky I always say that you're, you're core of Bucky fans you've asked me at the start of this who I supported and my who I supported was Man United and that's mm-hmm. who I support I generally think as a core of Bucky fans that would just say Bucky Thistle no, and they yep. wouldn't say anything else and I think that kind of that's what you feel when you go up there. Like they're not Celtic, they're not Rangers fans. Their, their first answer would be Bucky.
0: Ah, it means a um, lot to them. You
1: can feel yeah, it means so much to them and you kinda get that with Bucky and you get the impression that you get that with Fraser as well. Aye, um, yeah, they're yeah. the two clubs for me and I will League. that kinda that kind of feel jumps out at and that's what you feel when you play for Bucky, is there, there's a core of fans there that they would just do anything to help the club yeah. and that would support the players through everything as well.
0: Great, and that's why that two clubs have always been there or thereabouts, really, over the last uh, however many years.
1: Yeah, it's probably something more that I look at now with the Fraser side of things. As a player, I never really thought anything of it. Mm-hmm. But when I look back at it now, I certainly see similar similarities between them and, and Bucky in terms of their fan base and, and just just the community kind of spirit spirit in the and all that's really important in
0: Highland League. Aye, yeah. Now, uh, obviously, players coming for Hawaii and uh, long trips in the Highland League. You said there's must be a few training bus stories to tell for the Bucky Days, if they're if they're repeatable. Well, <laughs> yeah, well,
1: the Bucky Days, I always just remember the. The train journeys. The train journeys. We used to always get the, the train. So if it was Fort William or Wick, we would get the train from Aberdeen to mm-hmm. um, to Inverness. We would then meet the Bucky bus in Inverness. The Inverness players would jump on, and we would head up to to these uh, to wicker to Fort William. But on the way back, we used to get the half nine train home after these journeys. So oh. you had a you, had, you obviously had your drinks on the way <laughs> home, and then you had about an hour and a half in Inverness. And in that hour and a half, you used to drink as much as you could possibly think (laughs) before then getting a a train back into Aberdeen. And that train journey in Aberdeen was just, um, well, for a a young guy, it was tremendous. Uh But for any other passengers I can imagine (laughs) in that train journey, it it wouldn't have
0: been. That was a trait to avoid if you'd been um, up to Inverness shopping.
1: Yeah, like the the carriage. You could when we went on the train, it was always busy. But at the time we go back to Aberdeen, our carriage was empty, and <laughs> that was it. Was a lot to do with probably noise levels and, uh-huh. and some of the other things that were going on. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember, I remember Level. guys nipping at the, guys maybe nipping at the toilet, and then coming back and maybe left their, their suits in the toilet and just walking <laughs> through the train <laughs> I'm not sure I mention names but that happened quite a lot
0: uh-huh. naked train yeah naked
1: train it was a naked carriage the other parts of the train was fine but it was a naked carriage
0: i was just saying, I can't wait to say it but you get arrested for that sort of stuff there's no no laughs allowed anymore
1: I know well that's the thing you look back at it now and we remember I remember when you came back in Aberdeen and the police were wait, like waiting at times. They were waiting for us, but you come back into Aberdeen and you always thought right away, oh, no, I hope that's not for us um, because uh, because of the drink that was involved in the way. But it was always fine and there was never any issues. There was yeah. never any issues, but you look Bucket and you think if you were to try and do that today, it would just huh. you just wouldn't get away with it. Oh, you it just does, wouldn't no. get away with it. But it was great at the time.
0: Magic. Now, Bucky, I was kind of... Struck me as the, the Decent Scottish Cup uh, Experiences and journeys Have you got any particular favourites That jump out for you
2: um, Scottish
1: Cup The The one against Breakin We played Breakin, Um, I think that was The year That uh, East Ireland had an Ineligible player mm. um, And then they got knocked out So we went through So I think we had Breaking up at Bucky um, If we beat them We would have been in the quarterfinals um, We got beat 2-0 that day And I think it was Rory McAllister Scored 2 But it was a That was a really good game And, and Rory was a difference We were very competitive That that day Aye. But, but Rory just got 2 Absolute worldies at a time he, when he, he missed, I think Bory was breaking on the scene as he does right. yeah, <laughs> um, but just two goals out of nothing. Yeah, um, but that was the year without mentioning east and that was the year when Spider and and Moby had a had a fight on the pitch.
0: <laughs> Aye, well um, they, they were both a the bit infant. coy about that even <laughs> they've been on.
1: <laughs> Aye, well it, it got a lot of coverage. It was on Sky. Um, but I, I can't remember how that. I think Spider was trying to get Moby was playing left midfield that game and I think <laughs> he was probably cheating and maybe going a little bit high yeah. and Spider as he does was, was telling him to tuck in and, and help him out and Moby's had a go back and him. before you know it Spider's got his arm around Spider's got his hand around his neck and Moby's got his hand around Spider's neck and it was again. It was two guys. As soon as I went in the change, even not know anything happened. No. Um it didn't. Although I think it happened in the first half because I seem to remember Rob Brown had a few things to say about it. bet no,
0: he did. <laughs> he probably did bat <laughs> up against the <laughs> one. Uh, and
1: then it was quickly sorted out after that. <laughs> that whole, that whole. When you look back at that game, that whole, that whole game was a was a strange one. Uh, we got beat one 0 It was a late goal we got beat by, but we were wearing in Easterland, uh, because Bucky in oh. Bucky the Highland League, and I'll never understand why they've done it until they don't do it now, but we never had an away strip. Okay. Uh, so we just used to just turn up in our green and white strips, and the ref didn't like it that game, so we ended up wearing a strip that was about 10 years old of East Stirling, uh, so we were <laughs> playing in purple down there with with Bucky shorts, <laughs> so it was a bit of a shambles. <laughs>
0: So the Will brothers took over for a short spell. It didn't really last too long, though.
1: Yeah, Kevin uh, Kevin Doug came in for I think it must have been three or four months mm-hmm. that they came in, and again um, that was a it was a really short spell. I was injured at the time, um, started having problems with my knee, um, my cruciate that I'd done under i done under, uh, that I done yeah. under Duncan and. I never played for for Kevin Doug when when they came in, but I had a lot of time for Kev from my time up at Huntley. Kevin Kev, Kev yeah. was a really good. Again, I've mentioned man management. Kevin was brilliant with players. Um, it just never worked out for him. No. That was their second. That was their second period up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the reason they done well the first time around, and no, then Kev went to Locos at one point. Um, so I think Kev got the the job off the back of being having a successful period the first time, but then the second time, it just never worked out for him. Uh, um, okay. But I also think, always in the background, looking back at it, I always think Greg Carroll's name was there. Aye, um, uh, uh, I think so. I just think it was it was adding pressure on, that. it, it seemed like the obvious one, and maybe come in, Bucky. Mm. Um, when you look back at it now, up would probably put extra pressure on the situation, and also maybe sowed the seed a little bit with the blocky board that the windy available that they that they really really wanted.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. so that Greg eventually came in uh, that season, and that was the start of the, the Greg Carl era uh, that was the C back to see back to back titles. Now, you go on with Greg, but how, how was he for for you? Obviously, a, a very very successful manager.
1: Greg's Greg's been the, the best manager that I've played for. Um, right. He was certainly different to, to other to other ones. Um, he had his own style, um, very demanding. Uh, on top of it, then he, he also you could speak to him if if, if it was something he you wanted to hear about. You you could sit and you could you could ask Greg a, a question and he he would give you an honest answer. And I, I like Greg's honesty and 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 how hard that he he worked as players and it's probably how demanding Greg is and is is down the house successful that how successful he's been over a long period in the Highland League. He was um he was hard working uh, but he just got players playing for him. Aye. And he had the ability to, to speak to guys and attract the best players in the league to clubs as well, just purely he had an authority about him that um that made you want to go and play for him.
0: Aye. As a, as a few folks said he, he had that authority he could be tough but he was also somebody you could go to for advice and uh, uh, if you had problems as well
1: definitely definitely Greg was somebody that I spoke to Aaron on in my in my coaching and management uh, here because he he's always open to, to listening to you but I, I thought he's probably the, the most standout word That I could use For like, uh, One of that voices That as soon as Everybody in the room listened. Um, and because If you never listen Then you wouldn't You wouldn't play for him
2: Yeah
1: um, Just that had, had that aura about him um, And that was That was probably What Bucky needed At the time Where we were maybe Lacking a little bit of Direction And we were maybe Low in confidence um, Having thought That we would maybe Go on and be Highly league Winners and had a scored a, a potential Highland League winners, but we were always falling short. And Greg just came in with that confidence, having having done it, and that authority that if you follow what I tell you to do, we'll win yeah. Highland League. Um, so coming in with that early doors, just that confidence, just spread right into the into the changing room, and it kind of just kicked off from there. Aye.
0: The title, the title winning uh, ship was there; it just needed a captain.
1: Steer yeah, exactly. In the right direction. Exactly. You could, yeah, exactly. You could have put. Uh, Greg did change things. He, he changed the training nights about. Um, in terms of like your your lighter session was with a smaller group in Aberdeen, mm. um, and then your bigger session was up in up in Bucky as a group. But Greg also at times was twice a weekend, so we were we were all together more often. And at the time, it was a big call because it's not something that anybody signed up for him was signed for Bucky no. um, but when you start winning games of football regularly <laughs> guys soon buy into it aye, uh, aye. and when you were starting to see the rewards uh, it, it didn't take long for it just to be born
0: a- amazing experience not uh, only lifting the Highland League trophy but, but doing it two years in a row and obviously that was the first trophy uh, first title that Bucky had won for a long time wasn't it over 50 years
1: it was the, the, the first year that's when the first years when I done uh, I done my, my cruciate ligament, so mm. I was I was out for that season. I was kind of on the on the side of it, and I spoke to Greg earlier on in the year and just said, "Look, I'll I'll be doing a lot of a rehab work and coming up to Bucky twice a week when I've got a gym just on my doorstep. It doesn't it doesn't make sense that I could be doing it in a gym Aye. in Aberdeen." So the first title title win is one that I was always just in the background it never <laughs> quite felt like a title win for me um so it would always be the second one that I would refer to as is my is my first league title well
0: let me, let me play a little clip that I found uh, online moments are why people play football that must have been amazing as you run into the crowd
1: uh, well I was just trying to work out if that was a Saturday or if that was a Sunday in Enigma I couldn't <laughs> make up my mind <laughs> <laughs> but no the, uh, yeah that, that was amazing um, certainly my my playing career my, my best moment of football and, and something that just, just ideal ideally how it went it, it was two biggest rivals. Last game of the season, Bucky at home. Last minute, well, yeah. and the last minute, <laughs> yeah, the last minute winner just to seal the title. Uh, it, it was it was amazing, and it was just after coming. It was after the the year before that with my knee injury as well, having right. missed out, on it just a whole heap of emotions came out on that day after that, which is um, is something that I'll never to to beat that feeling,
0: I don't, I don't think. I'll try, I well, don't I, think I will. Obviously I was googling you in uh, earlier in the week the research and I, I got goosebumps watching that, so it must be magic for you to watch it back and I hear that be able to go and watch it back.
2: It yeah is, a lot of it, highland it, leagues it, on video.
1: It, it's great when that appears. That's what I mentioned Enigma mother, because on the on the the Saturday we actually ended up the Saturday night we ended up um, it was a, it was a crazy night in Buckingham, and we ended up backing. Aberdeen on that on that uh, Saturday night, and then it kicked on into the Sunday. it <laughs> you know, all ended up in Enigma in the, on the Sunday afternoon. It was a it was a huge celebration there. But I woke up on the Monday morning after after being in Enigma, and I woke up to Twitter, and Enigma had tagged me in a post. That they were singing that song. <laughs> so that's, that's my memory of it. That I woke up thinking, why is Enigma tagging me in a post? It was them singing. It was them singing that um, that song that kind of stuck after that.
0: <laughs> uh, go on, let you chant that. No,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's quite it's quite simple. <laughs> but it was a, it was a, it was effective. Um, but yeah, it was. The Bucky fans have been have been great with me, and that that just didn't, they were great with me before it, but that obviously just enhanced things. Aye, yeah.
0: um, You'll always be remembered that, by the fans, now.
1: Ah, yeah, and it's good. To, it's good to have that because they were they were patient with me and helped me a lot through my my injuries and stuff. So I that was the best way that I could repay them, and yeah, they deserved it for all the all the support over the years.
0: Aye, yeah, yeah. you obviously had quite a few cup wins through the years as well. Is there any in particular that stand out for you personally?
1: Um. During Greg's period, I always I just get blurred in that league title. No, I, do, no. I that league title just took over everything because it was it was kind of building towards that, but the the league title is the one for me that just and how it happened. It, it's something that whenever I go back to that time at Bucky, it's just the one thing that just stands out no. uh, yeah. within that group of players. It, it's the only thing that I kind of can refer back to. To be honest with you.
0: No. Aye. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned uh, Mara earlier um and he was some mm-hmm. character wasn't he and uh, how do you like to get physical with a chairman on occasion
1: <laughs> Yeah that's right. Um, that, that goes back to one of our <laughs> that goes back to one of our clean journeys and this is uh, it's also credit to it's credit to, to Gary who's our chairman because mm-hmm. if you're if you're seeing one of your strikers or rugby tackle a chairman, it probably, does, it probably shouldn't happen, especially see the size difference between two of them. But, um, yeah, I remember we came out of a, came off a of train in Aberdeen after one of our journeys back home, and and Gary was having a fag was having a a over next to a puddle, and I think Mara just decided it would be the right opportunity to throw him a a cuddle that he used to like to call it but it was definitely another tackle. Um <laughs> but again I I credit Gary for that because that was the that was the atmosphere mm-hmm. up at up at Bucky and Gary was part of it part of it and he just took it all in his stride and kinda and create, helped create that bond that, that he was just in it together.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Um so you you ended up leaving Bucky for a, a short spell away back back to Inveruri? Uh, who
1: signed you for the locals then? Um, Greg. After we won the back to back league titles, I think Greg had it in his mind that he just wanted to freshen things up. And we never started the following season that well. Um, the opportunity. Greg was speaking to me about a new contract, and I think I was in the last year of my contract. And I was just wanting, and to be honest with you, at the time, because of my, my age and stuff that the travelling was starting to. Do, I, started, I think it had been seven years at Bucky at that point And the travelling was becoming quite a lot And it was becoming difficult And I was starting to progress in my work and stuff And it was starting to have effects on that So I didn't commit to, to signing a contract with, with Bucky Yeah, I ended up just making the, the move to Locos with, mm-hmm. with Scotty and Kenny Two guys that I'd played with um, and, and moved into the management team And it was quite attractive option To, to go and play with two guys that I knew well
0: Aye, yep it ended up being quite a short spell, though.
1: It was, it, Scott and Kenny, probably about a year and a half, two years. Um, locals were looking to kick on again. They'd, they'd gone through a period where they they'd were quite close to winning a league title, and then mm-hmm. they kind of went back the way. And then they took myself in, they took Dean Donaldson in, they took Bordage in, mm-hmm. um, trying to really strengthen and, and kick on again. But it just never quite... It just never quite worked out. We were always just there and thereabouts, and it was a it was a period that I really enjoyed. <laughs> um, I enjoyed that period under Scotty and Kenny, uh, two good managers. Um, it was a good club, um, but the attraction of going back to Bucky came back up. And Aye. once that once the club was hovering about after a year and a half, two years, and Bucky were looking to kick on again. It was it was. It was a it was an attractive option for me and mm-hmm. obviously the previous from previous experiences it was a there was an attachment there and it was something I couldn't say no to. Aye.
0: and it was it was Gary uh, Hake the T Greg that took you back, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Haker Haker was assistant to Greg um, took over the job with with Kevin Small. Smaller was a captain during the the title wins.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that two guys uh, took charge and were, again we were we we're just on the we we're just on this outskirts of it. Haker was trying to build a, a new side, freshen things up a little bit and wanted me to come up as an experienced head mm-hmm. to, be, to mm-hmm. be part of it. And um, I think they're really enjoyable of them probably felt that i've played my most consistent football over okay. my career Aye. um just through I, I, I didn't have any injuries and and i've kind of played in my position in the pitch that I, I felt was my strongest position i did that over a couple of years mm-hmm. under them and it was a really enjoyable period.
0: yeah and you, and you carried on as a player under yeah. spider when, when he took over and moved in, into coaching alongside him was was he i was somebody you had a good uh, working relationship with
1: yeah, I mean, Spines have we've always been good friends. It's always been somebody that I've gone out for a drink quite weekends and stuff. So that kind of, when Spider got the job after Aker, um, Spider got the job. He was injured at the time. And I think he I remember the chairman asking Spider to take, mm-hmm. take the team up at Clark. And then and Lewis McKinnon and was, uh, was still playing. So he asked Lewis to help him and he asked Mara to help him. Uh, So that kind of all just kind of fell into place from there. So once it developed and Spider actually got the job, Spider, through the relationship that I have with him and and through he knew that I'd done my coaching badges Mm -hmm. and stuff, it was kind of all just kind of fell into place after that. Although I was still playing, I started to help Spiders in the background with Mm under-20s and just my first team training at times, certainly at the Aberdeen end. So kind of fell into the coaching role from there.
0: Right. was coaching something that you thought about? Did it come out the blue? Or?
1: I've always had a, a big interest in it. I've, I love football. And I, I do love coaching. I've, I've always had a passion for for coaching. That um, probably got even more passion for it once, once I picked up my first uh, bad injury.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: kind of thought, well, in case in case I can't go back playing, I need to I need to be involved. In football. So I, I went through my, my license quite quickly. And at a young age just to make sure that I had that behind me,
2: mm-hmm. something yeah. that I've
1: just kind of always progressed and, and tried to maintain further just as we've gone on
2: Aye. Was
0: it was it the cruciate that, that did for you in the end or uh, in playing terms?
1: Yeah I, I, done, I done my cruciate when I was 21 under, when I was with Duncan, but the, this, uh, and then I nicked it again under Greg but it's still the same operation but the third time when I was with when I was player coach with Spider we were up at training it was in the title winning year and it was in January so it was about halfway through that season All just right. in a training session um, I just felt it go and I remember saying at the time that if, that, if it was my cruciate that it went then that was me just calling it a day I thought mm-hmm. the age and I knew what was required to come back from it nice. I just felt at the time that I was ready to go a different direction. I'd I'd had a pace from it from Spider with the with the coaching side, but I knew deep down that that's where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Uh so once I got that diagnosis that I would need a a crucial repair again, I just I just called it a day. Aye. I just called it a day and moved in to the coaching side of stuff.
0: Right. And uh, you obviously uh, you got you were awarded the testimonial by the club though for for your service. How how was that Cali came through? Um, and there was some some insta Interesting headwear going on in the crowd I noticed in the photos.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that, actually. Yeah, it was gank. It was, it, was, it, was it was over two periods, I think it was near 12 years in total with, mm-hmm. with Bucky, but it, I appreciated, obviously with the gap in between, that they still uh, were with, with a testimonial, which is which is a, a great thing to have, and it, it, it couldn't have happened at a better club for me. It was the club that I felt that like that's where you would. That's where you would want your testimonial to be, and it was a. It was a great season. I had a good dinner, um, and with Ally Thistle, when as you said, my pals wound up with wigs, <laughs> um, over here and they were singing that song in the in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> like both both events were were, were brilliant, and, and it was a really good season. I loved it.
0: Great, and how you obviously won the title as a coach in, in spiders coaching team, but. How does that compare to winning it as a player?
1: It was just as good. It felt different. Um, <laughs> it, it was just as good. It's yeah, I, I felt really part of it. Spider Loose was still playing a lot of the time, so it's Spider. And because I got myself injured, certainly the second half of the season, I was I was in the dugout with Spider and and Mara a lot of the time. So you certainly felt you played a big part in it uh, in the way that we went about that season in terms of how good people were as a team. Um, I thought we deserved it in the end. It, it was great. It was it was a great reward for all the hard work that the, the management team and the players and, and the club in general had put in that season.
2: Aye,
0: yeah, yeah. Now you uh, obviously had ambitions to to further yourself in and coaching, and you, and you left uh, to go to locals. I think first team coach initially, then obviously into management. Did they? Uh, was that something that Spider gave his blessing to, even though you were leaving him there?
1: Yeah, it was a difficult. It was a difficult conversation to have. Mm. Um, Spider always knew me. And Spider spoke regularly. Always knew that I would eventually have ambitions to. To. To move in, in possibly moving an assistant manager's role or a or a manager's role, but the the one when really came about was just purely because it was local and and how the how they trained in comparison to Bucky Bucky, mm-hmm. we trained as a as a group um, only once a week, which Spides Spies was hands on with the training session, mm-hmm. whereas I would take the training session in Aberdeen when it was lower numbers and it wasn't the full squad. Uh, so the more and more ambitious I got in the coaching side of stuff, it just wasn't quite much in what I was wanting to do. So an opportunity to came up to train twice a week with M Embururi and, and to learn under Neil Cooper as well right. as a manager. I just thought it was a great opportunity for my for my development. Oh, um, yeah. so Spice, Spice was brilliant and handled it handled it as I knew he would. Um, mm. He seen it as a good opportunity for myself and and just I went with his blessing.
2: Great,
0: right. and, how, and how was Neil Cooper at work for and with?
1: Neil was good. He, mm-hmm. he, he's obviously, Neil's coached at a high level. Yeah. Uh, coached at Aberdeen. um often took the Aberdeen team, like in between maybe managers getting the sack. Neil was the person that, that stepped in and, and took the team over that kind of interim basis and, on a few occasions. So I was keen to learn from Neil in terms of how he coached and how he put on training sessions. And in that period that I did work with him, Um, you could certainly see he was a a good coach and he was very experienced in how he laid out sessions and very specific to how he wanted things done so yeah it was a a short period but it was it was an enjoyable
0: And was it a no-brainer when you eventually got the chance to to step into the the manager's seat?
1: It was it was, it was too good an opportunity to turn down. I always felt—I think it was thirty-five. I think I was thirty-five when I when I took the job. I always felt that I would go into management when I was maybe about thirty, probably my age now, mm-hmm. about thirty-eight. Um, I always felt it was that kind of period that I wanted to step into the manager's role. But when I was at Locos and the Neil thing came about, and the opportunity took to take the team for a couple of games, and then it kind of all just fell into place for there that. I felt, I felt ready, um, I felt like I had a lot to offer, I could see what direction the club were wanting to go in and I had my own ambitions as well at that point that I felt that I had a lot to offer um, the Highland League in general so it, it was just, it all kind of fell into place and it was too good an opportunity to turn down.
0: Aye, and do you hear in particular management style philosophy, did you hear your former managers you could tap into for advice and take bits and pieces for
1: I would say the two main ones was probably Greg and and Spider. Mm. Um, I rate Spider really highly as a manager. He's 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 very enthusiastic. He's very hardworking. He's hands on. Um, good with the players, but then he's got a he's got a flip as well that you wouldn't want to cross the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say Spider's probably got Spider and Gregs have got that over me. Whereas I would probably. Be a little bit more lenient in terms of my approach would be not quite as intense, but maybe more the coaching side. Yeah. Um, that's probably where I'm a little bit different to the two of them. Um, but yeah, I I'm a I'm a, I would class myself as a, a man manager, man manager, somebody that's approachable for the players, uh, somebody that can this players can speak to them about anything but also i like to i like to be hands-on with everything and, okay. and see what's happening at the whole club and try and try and influence the the structure of the club and the coaching that's going on yeah
0: now obviously management of any club is is tough if it might be enjoyable but it's all consuming but particularly at highly league level far you've not got the huge teams that that maybe pro managers have got it can be just take over your life can it
1: it does, it's a it's a, it's a full-time job um, mm-hmm. it is a full-time job obviously times you're, you're working your, your normal working hours but in terms of the full-time job I mean you just switch right over to, to management while it's also in the back of your head throughout your mm-hmm. normal working day what's going on, what needs to happen what can I do to improve things these things kind of just tick away at you the whole time mm-hmm. um, so it is, it is a full-time job it's, it's it's rewarding in that fact as well. Like it's, At the end of the day, football is, we're all involved in it because it's our hobby. So right. mm-hmm. I've always seen it as a privilege of being the manager of I thought I was in a pri- privileged position to do it. Mm. It just got to a period where, during COVID and stuff, it just got to a period in, in my, in, in particularly in, in my life, where I, I just felt that I needed to stay hit the reset button and step away from that a little bit because it was just getting a bit too much
0: uh, you said that was probably your lowest, lowest point in, in football feeling you had to step away
1: yeah but yeah it is, it's something that still eats away at me probably weekly mm. uh, something that I still think about weekly but I don't say I certainly wouldn't say I regret the decision it was in a period during Covid where I had a young family. that just had a newborn, and yeah. um, what comes with newborns is sleepless nights. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and when you're involved in football management, um, you're constantly thinking about things. And any any period during the during the evening when the little one was getting up at two, three in the morning, I was instead of trying to get some sleep, I was seeing it as an opportunity to watch football highlights no. <laughs> and try. And try and pick at things that uh, at locals that I could I could improve, and I just I just got I just um, got things I just thought things were getting a bit out of hand, um, and I probably I just felt I needed to pull myself away and make sure that when I do come back that I don't let it get to that kind of levels again. I need to. It was all on me. It was something that, as I say, eats away at me. But I I know what I did wrong. I know how I would do things differently going forward.
0: Aye. do you feel like you never really got a good sustained run at it as well because of COVID coming in and the league shutting down? It probably made it all worse.
1: It was, it was, it was certainly a difficult period. The first, um, I think, the first nine, ten months before COVID, just as COVID, I think it was in March, March twenty twenty-one, or it was March twenty twenty. Yeah, we were sitting second in the league table at the time. I think Fraser brought a. Uh, Broder were top We were sitting second I think Fraser have Had a, a couple of games And a hand in us. And I think If the league If the league, if I'm honest I think if the league Played out I think Fraser would have Probably have Finished above us Because right. uh, they would have Won their games But we were, we were closing a gap And I kind of knew The business That I was awake to do In the summer as well And mm-hmm. I felt I would have closed the gap Even closer But then Covid hit And it just changed everything right. In terms of The squad In terms of the personnel In terms of how people were thinking about football and mm-hmm. stuff away from football. So it, again, that just changed things massively, as it did with every Copenhagen league. Yeah,
0: you guys won uh, some plaudits though with some of the work you did during COVID. You were you were involved with that, weren't you?
1: Yeah, it's one thing that I'm actually proud of. I look back at it in my period I was playing the team that I, I built at Locos. I felt mm-hmm. that I felt the squad that I. Uh, that I put together during a really tough period in COVID, I think it's probably um, would have went on and and been really competitive. Um, we lost Eric Watson mm-hmm. at a time Eric chose during COVID that, like for the traveling, Eric stayed in uh, Lawrence Kirk oh, at I, the time, mm-hmm. um, and just because of, you weren't getting showers and all these kind of things, and I think with the age of Eric, I think. It, He called it a day. Eric retired and then we also lost the guy um, Hamish Ritchie that I brought in. Uh, Um, Hamish was at us for uh, a short period. But in that period um, we hardly played any games but right away during the training sessions I knew that Hamish would be how big a player that he would have been for us. If I I could have thrown Hamish and Eric into the squad that I put together I do feel that we would have been there or thereabouts with that squad that we had done. So... Yeah, I, I was proud of putting that t- together during difficult periods, along mm. with the other uh, things that we've done. inside of that, for for charities, which mm. was uh, which was the right thing to do at that time to try and try and help out as much as possible.
0: Definitely. So, I, I think, by the way you've been speaking over the last little while, there are there are ambitions to get back into the game and management or coaching at some point in the future.
1: Yeah. That's, I'm certainly I'm certainly readying myself at this moment in time just for for any opportunities that, that come up at this moment in time I'm I'm actively watching games weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also doing a little bit of work for a Spider at the side if he's if he's got a particular opposition or uh-huh. player that he maybe wants to watch. So I'm just trying to keep my eye in
2: mm-hmm.
1: in that way um, as much as possible. But I know fine when I when I stopped when I resigned from locals, I knew fine that it wasn't going to be a long-term thing. It was very much, a, I could see it affecting how I was going to be uh, away from football. So right away, I just felt during that COVID period, I just needed to hit the reset button. But knowing that I was, um, I was going to go away and hopefully come back better. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking to do. I'm hoping when the next opportunity comes up, I can show what I've, what I've learned um, during this period and and what
0: I've got to offer going forward Great um, and uh, so you've been keeping an eye on the League how do you see this season panning out obviously Banks of D are written off new
1: <laughs> yeah with, with writing off Banks of D I thought they made a great start I thought mm. they'd done really well um, but I, I did say at the start of the season I predicted that I thought whoever finished above Brecon would win the league Aye. Um, I think Breakin will be very competitive so I would put it between Briken, Bocky, Fraserbrat and um, Broda, and mm-hmm. um, that's your that's your four. But then I've got to give credit as well to to Ando. It for Martin, Ando's doing Aye. doing a very good job at it uh, for Martin, and they are. Um, I think I'm not quite sure if they'll break that four this year, but I think over a couple of years, I think Ando is doing the doing a good job there, and certainly want to watch.
0: You think for Martin, I'll get there eventually.
1: Um, I don't know I don't know <laughs> Well certainly if, I, if I'm getting back in In a job Then I hope they don't uh, Because I can't see I can't see Me up there Because Ando's doing A great job uh, So <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I, I'm going to say I hope they don't it means that um, I wouldn't be doing so well Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, right Okay well Eh uh, Andy, it's has been fantastic. Um, we're on to the section you for speak about your best eleven. Um, you, you're telling me before we start, you've you've kind of done a best eleven before that you've played me on another podcast. So we, you've put together a a best eleven that you played against in your time uh, to freshen it up. Yeah, I've done uh, the my best eleven that I've done previously. I think I've done it in
1: a couple of podcasts, and mm-hmm. it's never it's never changed. So I just thought just to. To change it up for and To give a couple other guys credit I thought I would um, I would stick to The guys that I've played against But I've not played with Um, So Yeah I've mixed it up And put together a squad
0: Mm. So If you've submitted to Matt It looks like you're going with a a 3-4-3 formation
1: yeah, I think it's always the always the best one to get the the best attackers in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was looking maybe for it back, but you always all will edge towards the attacking players. So uh-huh. yeah, I've gone three four three, and it's as I say, it's players that I've played against, but I've not played with. So uh-huh. when I look at it, I'm, I'm missing out like Rob Brown, Gary Clark, guys that I've directly uh-huh. played against. it have been really difficult. Opponents, but I've obviously played with them, so yeah, um, yeah, I've got I've gone with that.
0: Okay, so uh, just take me through them and then why they've made it in.
1: In goals, I've gone for Andy Shearer. Uh, Andy Shearer was a really successful period at Keith, and um, also at, for Martin mm-hmm. uh, Shearer was always one that I looked at and, and thought he was a difficult opponent. He he was a big he was big composed good goalie over a lot of years which he didn't just he didn't just have one good season or two good seasons. Andy shearer has been a top goalie for 10-15 years and he's still a goalie now which is credit to probably how he's looked after himself. So hmm. it was between Andy Shearer, Barry Thompson and Stuart McKenzie, but I'll give it to I'll give it to Andy Shearer for longevity.
0: Okay. So who's in the back three?
1: 3, three, first one is Scotty Anderson when he was at Devon Vale. Um, I always got the impression playing directly against Scotty that he was somebody that had played at a higher level. Mm. He was he was very clever. Um, he was clever, but he also had a little nasty side. Scotty, he always, uh-huh. he always he always looked apart. Scotty, um, <laughs> he always looked apart, and he was always the one that was sweeping things up. But it needed to be Scotty could mix it up as well. Unless he'd just done that to me because I was a littler guy, but he was—he was, a, <laughs> he was a, no, he was a—he was a top player, Scotty, and always a always a really difficult opponent. Aye. okay. Um, in there with him, I've gone Eric Watson. Eric, speaks um, it's, for it's itself what Eric done at Cove. Um, I was obviously fortunate to, to manage and coach Eric at at and. I wouldn't say it surprised me how good a player he was, but actually the type of player he was, I probably always thought Eric was somebody that was just really hard and defensively like good in the tackle and stuff. But I actually looked at Eric, especially as a coach in the offensive side as well, how good he was on the ball. Aye. I mean, you look back at him, it's probably how regularly Kof had the ball because they were a top side and mm. Eric was so good on the ball. So when he came into Locos, it really surprised me how how much we actually built attacks through Eric and how much he missed him when he wasn't there. So mm-hmm. um he was a top top hind defender. Brilliant brilliant. And last one in the back three is Scotty Fraser, who mm-hmm. was at Devonvale, Fraserborough and Cove. Aye. Uh, Scotty was Scotty was he was a beast. He <laughs> was a beast. He was um, not particularly quick but he he would just out-muscle you, and when he tackled you, you knew about it, Uh and he made sure you knew about it, and he was also, he had a a dirty side to him as well, off the ball. If Scotty was fitter, he would have probably played at a higher level, in my opinion.
0: Aye, aye. Okay. So, uh, we've got four in midfield.
1: First one I'll go for is Blair Yule, who's still at Cove just now. Um, Blair was always... He was just one of that guys that you just couldn't. You always seemed to have time and space, and mm. you just couldn't get near him. If you went to press him or touch where was always one step ahead of you, and it was just away from you before you knew it. And <laughs> um, it looked it looked effortless to him at times, and you're you're seeing that now. When you when you thought Woody he progress, he's ended up progressing mm-hmm. with Cole rather than having to go up the leagues. He's actually just you follow what Cover are doing and he's playing all the time and yeah. when he is playing he's a, he's a top performer for them so right. good. Um, really good player cool. very good Quality. next one I'll go for is Rusty Mark Smith uh-huh. um, Rusty was just on his game he was just somebody that was always bigger than you quicker than you stronger than you <laughs> uh, when he was on his game he was a he certainly he had a Couple of really good seasons at Devon Vale under Greg, where mm-hmm. he was he was unplayable at times. Good in the air, good in the ground, good with the ball at his feet, and he, he was a twenty-goal a season midfielder, which uh-huh. is really hard to come by. So, Rusty was uh, Rusty goes in there. Mm-hmm. Who's
0: alongside him in there? Um, when I was younger,
2: it was a guy that I would look up to that played at another side. And it was Darren Still. Uh-huh.
1: Um, I thought still he was a leader. Um, he was a captain on the park. He was the he was the go to for. Him. He needed somebody to, to get stuck in. He was the person to do it. Or they needed somebody to drive the team on. He was also the one to do it as well. So Aye. still he was still he was one of the hardest opponents to come up against.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and who completes that midfield?
1: The one that I couldn't miss out. Um, I never directly played against was Paul Cooch. Um Aye, yeah. Paul Coots he's obviously gone on and played for Sheffield United mm-hmm. um, he's in Bristol I think now but um, he was he was just different class Aye. he was just he was he was just somebody I think he was 17 18 at the time when I played against him and he was just too good for the you could tell that early as I said he was, he was
0: uh, young loon was just strolling it
1: <laughs> he was just strolling it he's gone on to have a great career Yeah. Okay,
0: so who's getting the goals? Who's up front?
1: So the front three. Uh, the first one I'll go for played against him when I was about seventeen, eighteen at Huntley, but it's always stuck in my head with Mike Stephen at uh-huh. mm-hmm.
2: Um
1: Probably somebody that I first looked at and just thought, like, he, I'm a mile away from him. <laughs> like when I was seventeen, eighteen, I just I couldn't see. Uh, he, he would. Mike Stephen would have been about 28, 29 at the time, and I remember there was a lot of clubs sniffing in about him.
2: Yeah.
1: Mike was, um, from my memory, at that young age, he was a different class. Okay. Just left-footed, cultured left-foot, um, looked like he could score goals from any angle, take a ball in any any position. Um, really good player and just again, he just looked like somebody could have played higher level. Uh,
0: I think he had the chances. I don't I think he, he fancied it. I'm sure it was it was either Russell McBride or Scott Murray. If I said they went to to trials alongside him, and uh, he could have he could have made it if he wanted. I think.
1: That I, I, doesn't surprise me. He's very similar, very similar in size and stature as Barber now at, at Fraserburgh. Ah, okay. Um, very similar, but he was he was really clever, really clever player, and it's always just stuck. And I was only 17 at the time. It's always Aye. just stuck in my head playing against Fraserburgh up there that. Just getting near this guy, um, and that's it's just one that's always stuck with me.
0: okay. So who's up alongside him?
2: Uh, next
1: one will be Darrell Nicholls. that was at Cove. Oh. Um, I think Dar- Darrell Nicholls playing over in Australia now and doing well for himself. Mm-hmm. He um, had a great couple of years at Cove, and um, and he was always one that he just because he was so quick and so and just so clever with his movement if, if he was on his game you just couldn't match him you know, oh, Yeah, could match him so he was one that stuck in my head as well
0: mm-hmm. and then one more to complete yeah. the 11 this yeah. is probably my most picked player of of all time on this podcast
1: is that right? Oh, yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, so probably my favourite front two to watch in the Highland League would have mm-hmm. been um, Ian Murray who I've obviously played with I'll put Bucky in, and then his strike partner who I'm putting in here is Mike McKenzie aye um, I just thought Mike was Mike was classy. Like he was, he wasn't quick, but everything that he done was just clever, and and he had a great touch about him. And and he does the same with that with his passing ability as well. In terms of finding Moby, he probably had a heap of assists. His name as well. Mike no was uh, Mike was Mike was different. He was different class. Again, a difficult on his day, a difficult, a difficult player to, to play against. I remember the year that we won the league title. Um, with Bucky Devonville actually beat us 7-1 Aye. at Christmas that period <laughs> um, and Mike was unplayable that night and, and I think after that Greg gave us a mini pre-season <laughs> um, after that defeat we had a mini pre-season on like the 1st of January <laughs> uh, and then after that we managed to kick on again and, and win that league title but Mike on that period was uh, was different class yeah.
0: Seen, seen him put on a few performances like that back in the day ok so who would you take in to to manage this team then
1: it would need to be it would need to be Greg it would need to right. be Greg Carroll the three, the three managers that stick out to me during that period when I am mentioned that group of players would be Greg, John Sheeran and Martin Allen mm-hmm. at the, the key side they, they were your three top managers back then but from my experience and, and he's managed a few that players in there, it would it would need to be it would need to be Gary Carl.
0: Okay. If I skipper. skip a who'd skip a that side.
1: Eric Watson. Um, mm. yeah, Eric. I would need to say that again just from experience mm. and Eric and a changing him, Darren still would be would be an option as well. He would be a it would be competitive between them two but um, yeah, I'm going, give it to, I'm going
0: to give it to Eric. I prefer it being a defender as well. Sees the whole pitch, so yeah, yeah I'll okay. go for Eric. Would you
1: get many games uh, if you were in this squad? No, definitely no. not. Maybe <laughs> a free kick. I didn't free kick. I don't want to
0: say that. Mike McKenzie
1: had a good thing on Um No, I don't. No.
0: Uh, if if, the <laughs> <laughs> if uh, these guys were all in their prime together, uh, how would they fare in the current Highland League? Or how far could they go in the pyramid? Do you think?
1: I, I couldn't. That that team would win the Highland League. Aye. Yeah, yeah. I would. I'd
0: be confident saying that that team would win the Highland League. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay, so Andy, I was finish up. Just with a few quick fire questions. Just the first thing that okay. pops into your head for these ones.
1: No problem.
0: Okay, so one thing you'd change about football to improve it. Yeah. Uh,
1: Probably at this moment in time, the handball rule is right. an anomaly. Um, it's not clear. Um, it's it's not clear and obvious, and, and VAR is making it even more difficult. I almost think, I almost think, the handball rule needs to go back to what the referee sees at the time.
2: Right.
1: Um, just to, and, and it doesn't go to VAR because I I just think it's the you'll never get past what the referee's feeling at the time, and. and in the action I think when you slow things down it can sometimes look like it's obvious or uh, it just uh, it doesn't make much sense just now so that would probably be the one that I would probably try and tighten up on
0: okay Um, who would you like to play you if they made a movie of your
1: life I'm not a big film watcher. Um, I tend to watch I tend to watch series, um, but I'll go for, since he's since he's bald, he's got shaved shaved head. I'll go for a juice and I'll do.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: toughest direct <laughs> opponent you ever came up against?
1: I'll go for Scott Fraser for that one. Okay. Um, direct opponent, yeah. I'll go for Scott Fraser just just because of his physicality and and how much he would. Uh, yeah, off the ball stuff as well. Yeah, he was, he was a tough one. Scott, okay. he was a tough one.
0: Okay. If you could have played for one other Highland League club, who would it have been?
1: Um, that's a good question. That's a good one. Uh, probably Cove. Yeah, uh, with them being a um, yeah, it was always one. Or, or at one point, I did speak to John Sheeran at one point. Um, I think it was in between. Locals and Bucket Maybe the first time Aye um, I spoke to Joe And it was always Somebody that I was I liked I worked under And it was obviously A local club And mm-hmm. it was always A competitive team So probably Cove I would say
0: Okay I think I probably Know the answer To this one But if you could Bottle one moment Of your career To relive What would it be?
1: Yeah It would be that It would be the The weekend Of the um, <laughs> Or I'll say The week Of winning that Highland League title yeah. uh, Against Everton
0: Amazing. Okay, last question.
1: Celebrations there (laughs) for (laughs) us.
0: What uh, pro player, past or present, would you say is closest to your style, attributes, and personality on the pitch? Oh, I
1: haven't done my
2: research
1: on that one. Um, Well, if I'm going injuries, I'll go Phil Jones. Uh, no, uh, right. I, I would probably say I'd probably i edge towards. I'd like to think somebody like Rooney,
2: uh-huh.
1: like somebody that can maybe play up front but can also play in midfield. Um, and yeah, kind of just got dra- drafted about because understanding of the games,
2: so,
1: not for the aggressive side, but I would say for maybe <laughs> the way that he played the game and the way he's thought about the game. I, Rooney really, but I'd, I'd really I'd, I'd, I'm I'm writing myself
0: there <laughs> <laughs> Well that's a perfect way to end it on a high note anyway uh, but Andy thank you very much for giving up your time and, and coming on I uh, appreciate that
1: yeah, It's been a been a pleasure James and as I said at the start of this well done with your well done with your podcast you kept me entertained during Covid and um, I'll keep listening and going forward as well so
2: Thanks for
0: a mod. Magic. Cheers. Well, a huge thanks to Andy for coming on the show and sharing his journey through football with us. Really nice guy who is clearly not finished in the dugout yet. I look forward to seeing him back at the helm of a Highland League club before too long. Thanks as always to you, the listener, for tuning in once again. If this is your first Beyond Canal Park experience... Then you can scroll through through the back catalogue of episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on the Anchor app. There's something for every Scottish football fan from Highland League legends, local junior stalwarts, professionals and internationalists. Something for you to do while you wait for my return next week. Until then, bye for now.